Hello, we are Terra Nova, a horror podcast hosted by Kendall and Jackie, and here we talk about everything horror. And this podcast is specifically for you, the horror fans, and the non-horror fans. If you're too scared to watch the movies, it's fine. We talk about it, we discuss it, we dissect it, we laugh about it, talk about the good, the bad, and the tropes. And we have new episodes released Tuesdays bi-weekly. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Terranova underscore podcast. But also feel free to reach out through email at terranova.pod at gmail.com. And most importantly, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And tell your dog too. Cujo. <laughs>
uh the originators and nothing beats it nothing beats twilight zone like it's just so good you know it's just so good and fun and yeah let's hop right on in okay so for those who may not know this episode because some people don't some people do uh but i the- didn't yeah, but the mask <laughs> is from season five of Twilight Zone. I believe specifically episode, I think episode two or three. It's one of those like the 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 special episodes where it takes over the block because mostly Twilight Zone episodes are like thirty, I think thirty minutes each. There's always two and one you get when you watch Twilight Zone. So this took over the whole entire like you know block. Um, yeah, was it? I forgot. Was Twilight Zone used to be an hour long, or was it a half an hour long? I forgot. Season four was always an. They made season four a whole hour, but mm-hmm. the prior that, and then when season five came out, they brought it back to just just half an hour. Okay, so with this one, this episode is twenty five minutes. So it's pretty much yeah, the whole episode. The whole episode, Instead yeah. Of doing it, yeah, doing like maybe two fifteen minute stories or something. Yeah, because sometimes they would do that. Sometimes Twilight Zone would have those special episodes that would take over yeah. the whole entire block. And this was one I of them. I remember that, yeah. I, me- and, I forgot. Was, uh, mm-hmm. was Alfred Hitchcock Presents way after this or before this? I forget. I don't you know. know. Before this, right? Probably. Cause, I mean, didn't that come out before or after Cycle? Was that before or after he took out Cycle? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, you know what? I have to look that up. Yes. Okay, Alfred Hitchcock Presents was 1955, so yes, it was before. Before, okay. Okay. Because that was also another anthology stuff. Um, I'm sure someone's yeah, listening. Same, like, similar on. tone. Yeah, I bet someone's listening and be like, come on, get with the episode. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I know, I'm sorry, I just had to say all this for context because it's, kind of, it's kind of funny thinking about all of these shows and how they just kind of, you know, run together in some ways. And Alfred Hitchcock Presents is pretty awesome as well. I remember it used to be on Netflix and I was like binging it at one point. Yeah, also a classic, but yes. So, yeah, but I'll let you get into it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure someone's just like, oh, you the episode. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so The Mask, again, season five, one of those like special episodes. So The Mask takes place during Mardi Gras in New Orleans. So there's a whole party going on. We meet this character named Jason. He's an older man. He's sick. He's being checked by his doctor, Sam Thorne. And, you know, he's just telling him, like, you know, just take it easy. Just do that. And Jason's just like, tell me the truth. How long do I have? Do I have a week? Do I have this? Because he's dying. But he has no idea when he's going to die. Yeah. And so, you know, he's just, like, telling me the truth. And Sam was just like, it's just like, you know what? I'm not going to tell you. But it could be any time, any hour. We have no control of this. And then, you know, Jeffrey, I mean, I'm Jason, just like, I see you tomorrow, dog. Or like, you know, cuddly. And, and you know, Sam is just like, mm-hmm, sure. Um, and so <laughs> when he's leaving, we see Jeffrey, who is his, uh, I believe that's the, his butler or his help. Yes. Um, yes, and Jeffrey's then, the butler. And then the other one, I never got the woman's name. I didn't remember what her name was, the one that helps him. She's the maid. So they're getting everything. I think she's just credited as maid. Yeah. <laughs> So they're just they're just getting the whole house spewed up, getting everything ready because they're going to I think she's going to be heading out and they're just like preparing stuff and they're talking with among themselves and they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, we have to be ready for when his relatives come. And the maid was just like, oh, they'll they'll know, you know who they are because they always let themselves be known when they enter. 
So it goes in. We meet the relatives. We meet his daughter, Emily, her husband, Wilford, their son, Wilford Jr., and their daughter, Paula. And right away, you could already tell that you know what the maid means when you meet them because Emily, the daughter, just seems so snooty. So, like, oh, the drive was so long. Oh, my God, I'm sick. I'm this, I'm that. Like, she's literally telling the doctor she has, like, X, Y, and Z, like, conditions right now. And the husband just looking at her like, this bitch. <laughs> this woman. <laughs> and obviously the doctor is aware of it because he just ignores her. And he's just like, oh, you're fine. And he leaves. And so <laughs> when they're there. Yeah, it seems everybody's aware of it. <laughs> yeah. So when they're there, you know, the kids, Paula and Wilford Jr., they're just talking among themselves and they kind of do overhear the doctor. No, uh, Wilford Sr. asks the doctor, so like, how long does he have? And the doctor's like, you know what? She might be gone by this afternoon. Who knows? And the way his face looked after he told me, you could tell that the family's scheming. You can tell the family probably wants something after he dies. Like one of that scenario, like yeah, if he smart. dies, we get everything. Yeah. So really hard. <laughs> for real they go they see jason and you know they're all playing the part of like the family of like oh grandfather you look this you look that blah 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 but jason already knows his family so he's just like oh great my family uh but i love how he takes <laughs> shots at them all the time where he was just like yeah I mean, you're always sick you're always sick emily you're always doing this always doing that and she's like, grandfather, how you say that to me? <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> you know. Just straight uh, assholes, pretty much, all of them. Yes. Like, he emphasized how Wilford Jr. is, like, kind of plump a bit, but also the fact that he's trying to be nice about it. And he's like, oh, wow, being kindness. Kind of rare for someone who loves to torture animals growing up. He's like, I've grown out of that, grandfather. And he's just like, mm, sure. <laughs> sure you have. And then he sees Paula, and Paula's literally does not want to be there. She's just like, I want to go to Mardi Gras. It's a party. It's this and that. I want to be here. And she's just staring at herself in the mirror. And he's just like, oh, yeah, my precious granddaughter, all vain and stuff. And I just know <laughs> he does all those shots, you know? Yeah, that uh, was pretty funny. And she was just like, I came all this way to see you, grandfather. He's just like, you didn't even look at me yet. You see my reflection in the mirror. <laughs> it's like, Damn. Yeah. Yeah, for real. She's mad vain. So as we're talking, you know, they're talking amongst them. And, you know, he tells the family he was just like, I had prepared a special dinner for everybody because, you know, it's Mardi Gras. And, you know, I also have I bought masks that we can wear for Mardi Gras and then we'll have them until midnight. And the family, of course, is just like, mm, sure, grandfather, that sounds lovely, sounds fun, blah, 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 blah. But they're just playing the part <laughs> because they're like, let's just be nice so that we could get something out of him. Let's just, just pretend to be nice. So as the day rolls by, you know, they're still talking among themselves. And um, what is it? Like, Jason tells them, you know, about the dinner, and then they have the dinner, and then he's just like, oh, so since it's, like, late evening, let's wear the mask. But, actually, you know, before Jason comes, they're still waiting. They already ate dinner. They're waiting for him to come out, and then Paula's just like, I'm so bored. I don't want to be here. I should be out. I want to go out. I want to see all the guys out there. I want to go on a date. I want to do this and that. 
and you know emily the mother is just like let's, let's be nice let's be calm you know we just we just have to wait we just have to wait until he dies that's it play along with it yep so jason comes out and he was like you know i hope the dinner was lovely i hope you guys had fun um now for the mass so he goes he gives them each a certain mass but as he's doing this he's telling them about why they're giving them the pacific mass and i think he called them the um the raijun i believe where it's like it has special properties it's kind of used as a rich yeah it's kind of used as a ritual and it's kind of used as an aesthetic to like what the wearer is so as he goes to wilford he's just like oh for my you know amazing grandson who owns a business and all he cares about is his money so he's actually emphasizing that he's greedy everything about him is greed um and then he goes to his daughter about how she is pretty much always playing the victim she's always playing sick and (laughs) uh he gives her the mask and then he goes to paula and he's like, you know, my ever, you know, precious granddaughter, you're always so beautiful, aren't you? Always looking at yourself, always like this. And then he gives her the mask to emphasize vain, her vanity. And then Wilford Jr., he goes and he talks to him about his shit. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, yeah, my favorite grandson who's always violent, who always loves torturing people and blah, 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 blah. And he gives him the mask that emphasize, you know, having him be all violent and stuff yeah and jason wears the mask that emphasized death because he wears a skull and he was like i'm wearing death because i'm alive right now so let's hold this off and of course the family's just like i don't want to wear this this is cruel this is this this is that i want to go out party it's mardi gras and then jason was just like listen if you can wear this until midnight after midnight you can have whatever the hell you want my finances, my bonds, my belongings, my furniture, everything in this house is yours. If you could hold on until midnight. So, because he knows. He knows why they're there. Yeah. So, they're just like, all right, fine, let's just do it. Let's just play along. And so, they put the mask on. And then as time goes by, they're getting restless. Freaking Emily's just like, I can't breathe. Oh, my God, I'm being <laughs> suffocated. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, hella dramatic for like no reason. Oh my god, yes. And everyone's just like, I want to take this off. I can't stand it. Paula's just like, oh, hi, oh my face. And they're all doing this. <clears throat> and then they could see that Jason is kind of like leaving this world slowly and slowly. And then once midnight comes, you know, Jason's just like, there you go. You did it. Everything is yours everything take it all you monsters you, you yeah, he calls them demons yeah <laughs> your demons you're like like suckers or whatever like like life suckers or whatever i forgot what else he says other stuff too to them oh uh, he was like everything is yours now you own everything and then he dies and then when they're like oh great let's take our mask off but when they turn to take their mask off yep Twilight Zone stuff. The mask has <laughs> fused with their faces, and they're like, "Oh my god, my face!" Oh. 
so as a doctor comes i think that it's the next day or whatever the morning comes and you know the butler brings the no i think the same night because i think the butler i think uh jeffrey yeah, calls called doctor. the doctor yeah and then he comes and he's just like yep he's he's dead he's really Which says dead. everything that jeffrey called the doctor and like nobody else did yeah <laughs> they're all freaking out like my face um <laughs> and so seeing everyone else the family just still like you know with their faces discarded when J- when uh sam the doctor takes off the mask you see how the mask did nothing to jason he looks the same as he died nothing was configurated nothing and so you know basically uh no before he died though but jason was just like any last words you want to say to me before i die and that's when he was just like okay here well i think he was waiting to see if they could change but after that he was like all right fuck yeah because at the beginning he did call them changeless he said mm-hmm. four changeless people i've ever met in my life yep and so and that the, the line i like a lot from the doctor is that after he takes the mask off he's like this must be death no horror no fear nothing but peace like he died peacefully and yeah. the whole premise of it is the fact that um the mask are a reflection of who they are on the inside and that's what the whole point is the whole ritual that he did and that was the twilight zone <laughs> i love that theme song so good i got i gotta ask you because i was wondering this while i was watching the episode because I, I haven't heard of this episode i haven't seen this episode before it was my mm-hmm. first time. I was wondering, like, why this one come to mind for you? Like, why is this one of your favorites? It's one of my favorites because, I mean, in general, I mean, every episode has commentary. Every episode yep. of Twilight Zone. You cannot watch Twilight Zone and not be blind to it. Like, if you're blind to it, then something's wrong with you. Like, yeah, that's a choice at episode, that point. <laughs> exactly. This, I think I like this episode the most because of the whole message about it and the ending where he was hoping maybe they'll have some sort of empathy towards the end that because he's dying but at the yeah. end they were just like you know leeches who just wanted his money he wanted they want to inherit whatever hell what he has and the fact that the mask excuse me he had them wear was a reflection of who they are on the inside like yeah. that saying goes where you might be beautiful on the outside but the inside you're just disgusting yeah. But instead for the mask, it made them show that disgusting part of them inside and the outside. So now that they have to live their life like that for the rest of their lives, they can't hide anymore. They can't hide who they really are. Because he also said that how you're all fake, you're all caricatures. That's what he was saying. He was like, yeah. You're all caricatures at the end of the day. And I love when he said that. Um and yeah, it's just this is one of my favorite episodes. Like, there's several episodes I could pick that's like my favorite. Like that one, I have the Beholder, which is also another one, Reflection of mm-hmm. Beauty. Um, the doll one, that one was crazy. Um, which one was the doll one? The doll was a talking Tina. Where the doll that she kept talking, that bit. was talking Tina. The dummy episode, which I means there was like three episodes about the dummy. Um, in Twilight, mm-hmm. so he kept recurring, and then the. I think it was four or five strangers in a circle or in a can. That was also like my favorite one. Um, there's several. There's so many episodes that I can't even count. But yeah, 
There's, there's this, a lot, even between the different versions of it, there are good episodes, I feel like, in every season, in every version of the show. Yeah, but this one, I remember the most, because I remember when I watched it as a kid, like, the mask freaked me out for a bit. I was like, how? <laughs> but, yeah, they're um, ugly. They straight up ugly. They're yeah. ugly, but again, it's, it's the message, because it was the most iconic episode that I remember the most. That really was just like, whoa, and I love that episode so much. Like, it's just like, oh, so good. Yeah, I haven't watched the Twilight Zone in a long time, so it's my first time. Actually, I think I might have saw a random episode a few months ago on cable, but it was like one of the later versions of the show, like not the black and white one. Mm-hmm. And it was an episode about like credit, basically. <laughs> it was like credit cards, and it was like people didn't pay their credit cards back, so like their life started to vanish. Mm. Oh, you uh, told me about <laughs> like that, everything. yeah. Yeah, like their family would vanish, their house would vanish, everything would vanish. Like it wasn't get taken over the bank, it, it wouldn't get taken over by bank. It would just vanish, and then like they would, they would be the only one pretty much with a memory of it. Um, which was really cool. I was like, oh, that's like interesting premise. But uh, with the the one thing about the Twilight Zone that I, I kind of forgot about because I haven't watched it in a bit since that episode is how like it doesn't try to end on a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't try to be like, and then everyone lived a better life. Like it doesn't try to do that at all. It's like, nah, we'll we'll leave you with like this somberness, and that's kind of what they even do in this episode. It like, you you see their faces transform because of wearing the mask, and you know you see the doctor stuff, and then what the family's in the other room just like kind of ashamed. Like this is our face now, and that's the end. Yep. <laughs> like, and I was like, I kind of forgot this show ends like that, and that's awesome yeah because again like before he dies i love the fact that he said like you're all caricatures without your mask at the end of the day yeah. that's what you are and now he can't hide from it because he said it he was just like now you can't hide all to see who you really are now and they have to live like that the rest of their lives and i love that it was like his last it was like his last haha moment where he's like jokes on you bitches yeah <laughs> They didn't give us much backstory on the characters, but what do you think, made, if you had to guess, what do you think made the characters the way they are? I mean, they definitely came from wealth. You know, probably... Yeah, that is a part of it. Because, I mean, Jason had a beautiful mansion. I love the mansion. A beautiful house. Yeah, for know? sure. A gorgeous house. Um, I mean, Jeffrey and the maid seem happy, though. Like, they seem pretty chill. They seem like, you know, they were happy there. Like they were treated well. Yeah. yeah, for those who are asking why we're saying that, it's because uh, Jeffrey and the maid are black. So this is a white family who owns this mansion. That's why we're emphasizing the fact that they seem happy. Um, <clears throat> I think it could be greed or wealth. Like, you know, I don't know if Emily was like their only, his only daughter or whatever, and she probably would be, she probably grew up being snooty from whoever, maybe the mother, you know, whatever <laughs> raised her that way. And so, because usually, I mean, we see all the time in real life, too, when kids, like, are spoiled and raised a certain way that they, when they become adults, they become snooty. They become very spoiled, very yeah, entitled. Unbearable. <laughs> yeah, and very entitled. And then the fact that she married a husband who also was just probably put the idea in her head. It was like, oh, if he dies, we can inherit everything. Let's be nice to him. Let's do this. Because there are people yeah. like that. Like, if you have money... And if your family is like really shitty, they're gonna wait until you die to inherit everything. That happens. That's a real thing. Um, yeah, that, that that happens with uh with broke families too. <laughs> true. <laughs> that, that's that definitely true. Just, that's just family, unfortunately. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you can't. What they say, you can't pick your family, but you can pick your friends. Like uh, some, some, sometimes it's necessary to pick your friends and make them family. 
depending on how yep. your family acts because uh yeah that's yeah that's pretty extreme that's that's not even extreme that's just insane to think like that people would be friends with someone only because of that because i don't know man i guess because of things like that i just i like i feel you know all of this stuff is about relating at the end of the day right mm-hmm. so things like that and like this episode i always kind of similarly to uh even what was it audition when we did the audition episode i was just thinking like all of this stuff comes down to like how you relate to people and how you treat and them like well yeah and how you treat them and like you know why people are in your life and i always ask myself at times like for everyone that i know i'm like why is this person in my life and i'm and i'm always like is it because i, I utilize something from them or is it because i like genuinely like them as a person and mm-hmm. i feel like if the, if the person doesn't fit that mold of i genuinely like them as a person then i'm like i i shouldn't spend time with this person because <laughs> it's like a waste of my time and theirs because neither one of us get anything from the exchange even if we're going ha 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 it's like we're not really here for genuine reasons mm-hmm. and the father could clearly see that in this scenario like his family is not here for genuine reasons like i know he has money and maids and stuff but it's like if his family was super worried about him the interactions and the way they even came in the door would have been very different it wouldn't have been like okay jeffrey he needs you to hold these 30 things to send a third it'd been more like hey, how is he? Is everything okay? Like, hey, Doc, is anything we can do? Anything we can do to, you know, keep him around? Like, it would have been a very, very different interactions. Even when they were asking, they just seemed so fake with their responses. They're like, oh, so how he's doing? How is he, doctor? And they're like, oh, he's going to be this and that. And they're like, oh. Like, it just seemed so fake. Like, you're Yeah, just they were like asking to get a specific answer. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he even said that how he hasn't seen them in years. He was just like, I have not seen you guys for years, especially the kids, because they're adults now. He was yeah. just like, I seen you, I saw you guys when you were children. Now you're full ass adults. So he has not seen that family at all, not once. So it's just like, yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, again, I do like how he gave him the mask because he knew. He was like, I know what's happening. So, you know what? I'm going to play the final joke. Joke's on you. You have everything, but that's how you look like now. That's what you're stuck with now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting that he chose that route, like, instead of trying to kill him. Like, you know, it is, like, usually in, like, horror-type things, a lot of times the person be like, fuck it, if I'm going to die, everybody's going to die with me, or something like that. So, like, for, for a character to kind of be like... I'll leave you all my shit. Like, I'm kind of okay with that. I don't need these things. It's, it's like, in a way, he's like, these things don't really mean much to me. That I can tell they mean a lot to you. So I'll leave it all with you. But at the same time, like, but just put on these masks and do this thing. He's not like, hey, put on these masks and you're going to fall into a trap hole or some shit. Or like, uh, like uh, Vincent Price and um, House of Haunted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some extravagant game like that. He, he, he just was like, nah, I'm going to keep it simple. I ain't even going to try to kill y'all. I'm gonna, I guess in a way, he was like, I'm going to just ruin what y'all kind of want. Yeah, I mean, if that was that way, he would have told the maiden Jeffrey, like, come tomorrow morning, hide the bodies. <laughs> you know what to do. <laughs> they, they probably would have did it. They probably would have did it, too. Yeah, but, oh, my God. But, yeah, overall, like, overall reaction, because this was your first time watching it. Like, this is such a good episode. <laughs> yeah, I, en- I enjoyed it. I just, I mean, I... <laughs> A part of me the whole time just kept, like I said, I kept thinking to myself, man, I, I kind of just miss short stories like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I kind of miss like just short one-off stories where we don't need to follow the characters forever. You just kind of, it's almost like reading a poem, right? 
like it's a few short lines and you go damn that was satisfying and like that's how this feels it's like it's like a good short poem you just go oh man these characters are like even though it's limited time it was this was aired on live television like these characters are very colorful and like how they act and how they are and very distinctive and seem very motivated even in their um their appearances and in how they act so it feels you know feels a little bit like uh like clue <laughs> like the game clue <laughs> the characters just feel super colorful and i was like oh this is like kind of cool and like just language kind language kind of carries this episode for the most part you know right like it's not any crazy cgi stuff or anything like that uh yeah i'm sure some makeup stuff at the end with the mask but like just the way they talk to each other carries the episode and I, I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. And I was like, in a way, I kind of want to go back and revisit all the old episodes that I haven't seen them in a long time. But overall, yeah, I, I just I enjoyed it. And I was just, I just kept thinking, man, this is a crazy group of people. And, like, I would hope to never be in a scenario like this. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, honestly, on, I will be petty. On either side, honestly. Listen, I will be petty as fuck as Jason. I will do some shit like that. I'm like, oh, I that. okay. Now you're cursed forever. Peace. And I die. <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> and you're crazy. Well, you had to know some life. spooky shit was going to happen. The setting is New Orleans. It's like New Orleans is one of the well, ma- ma- magic spooky type of places, like probably around. Like, I mean, still New active. Orleans, I always think of that. Yeah, it's still yeah. active too. In New Orleans, it's very spiritual over there. Um, but you know what's crazy too is that the actor who played Jason Robert Keith that was his last his last episode before he died. Wow. In real life, yep, he died in uh, nineteen sixty-six. He was seventy-six years old. Yeah, That's seventy-six, crazy. and that was his last episode before he died. So it's kind of like kind of eerie, but also like kind of poetic. The fact that he played death in a way, wearing the death mask. You know, it's so like wow. Yeah, I like so. <laughs> De- definitely different. Yeah. Um. So let's get into some fun. Facts. Oh, favorite part of the episode. Into that. Before you hop into fun facts, I just want to say I forgot how much I miss seeing Rod Sterling on TV. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like God. him as a character, it just puts the perfect bow on episodes, and I kind of forgot that a little bit because I haven't watched the old ones in such a long time. So you know, for people who maybe haven't seen the Twilight Zone in a long time or haven't seen any of the like later iterations aside from the black and white one. Like, there's, for the most part, normally not really a voiceover of any sort by the end of the episode. The episode mm-hmm. just kind of ends and just leaves you to think with something. But, like, with the original, of course, you get, like, the nice narrator um, and voiceover from Rod Sterling, which kind of, like, just puts a nice bow on a whole episode about, like, what the themes are and what's happening and, like, why we got here. And I just, I kind of like yeah. that. It feels like such an important part of the episode. Yeah, because he, <laughs> he, he, he walks you through it. He's just like, yeah. you know, like, here, we have such and such in this scenario, and blah, 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 blah. But then he'll go into, but, like, when, when we're in Twilight Zone, anything can happen. And the episode starts, and then when the episode ends, then he walks in, and he's just, just like, I wonder how could that be? Was it this? Was it that? Yeah. No one can guess in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> like It's, it's like, <laughs> unfortunately, it's something you can't just, like, duplicate, because mm-hmm. it's, it's him. But, like, it's such an important part of, like, what the Twilight Zone is. And I, I kind of forgot how good that is and how important it is to, like, the overall storytelling of episodes. And it's, like, really cool. Just, like, that reminder of, like, not just what the themes are, but, like, that this, epi- like, the, the thing, the events in this episode aren't real, but the themes are. 
And like that's yes. that's kind of what the narration always is. And I, I just always enjoy that. I, I miss that, man. All right, rest in peace, man. <laughs> I just really yeah. missed that. Like it was amazing. But yeah, like um out of all the episodes, he wrote ninety two of them, including this one. So I think it was like a hundred and twenty five episodes, I believe, or hundred and fifty six, I like don't that. remember. And out of all that ninety two he personally wrote. That's really cool. Yeah, like he was, was just, he was an amazing writer, and it's 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 funny because when I mentioned the fact that Twilight Zone is just comment commentary, yeah, commentary, all of it, every episode is commentary. Um, it's I mean, I well, it kind of still happens now, but I'm sure back then it was way more chaotic about censorship, and I know like that was he found a way to walk around it just for twilight zone to exist because networks did not want to air his shit because of what he wanted to talk about <laughs> they did not at all um and i'm sure i mean it got emerged i think a couple weeks ago last month on twitter where it was trending like crazy that how he started like why he started twilight zone and some people don't know about it i didn't even know about it until i found out i didn't notice either um and the real reason why he started it was because of the case of Emmett Till. That's what really got him being like, I need to talk about this. Why is no one talking about it? Um, and he did an episode called Noon on Doomsday, which was based on it. That was the whole script for it. But the networks were like, no, this is not okay. We don't like this, blah, 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 blah. This is just weird. So then he changed it. Where it was just like, okay, then we'll just change it to uh, a Jewish person. And even then, they were like, no, we can't do this. We're not going to air this. And then he changed it again, where it was just a regular foreigner. And then that's when he was just like, all right, instead of it basing on real life, I'll just say this this case, this whole scenario, you will only see in the Twilight Zone, sci-fi, all this like other mystical stuff. And then the network was just like, all right, we'll take it. You're in. You got it. He had to do so much just to get that in because there was one of the articles that I read that that he was just like, the fact that I had to change it so many times because he was just like, you know, I, he was, he didn't want to do it, but he was pressured so much that he was like, fine, fine, whatever you want. Let's just do it. Um, I'm sure they wouldn't have aired it otherwise. Yeah. Let him shoot it. And so that's, and then he also mentioned, I think he mentioned, the article mentioned that how like at the time these shows were primarily for white people so you can't show yeah white people doing terrible things the white people they're like i'm not gonna watch this shit so <laughs> he had to change it so many ways so that they will feel like less less attacked or less whatever about it and so i think you said it right less attacked yes and less <laughs> sensitive about it, it. less sensitive because i just like ugh. anyway <laughs> otherwise i'm gonna go a whole tangent about this but he had to change it so that way, because he said, I mean, he said that how at the time, that's who was giving the money. It was their dollars. So it's like, if they weren't going to do it a certain way, they were not going to get any money for it. So. Yeah, that's, 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 see, that's the part where it's like, that's a part of the creative process. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. like in, in every yeah. field, I've dealt with that in my, you know, you do doing that in advertising, you're doing that in every field. You do with that in every field, honestly, not just anything regarding marketing but that's that's a part of the process it's like who's paying for it who's whoever's approving it usually is the one who actually is paying for it 
And if they're paying for it, you're going to have to bend to them with their will a little bit. Unless you hit some sort of sweet spot where they go, this is great, and we don't change anything. But if you're relying on someone else to pay for it, you're at their whim. And, you know, with network television, now, even just like then, but even now, like network television live and dies by revenue. Mm-hmm. It live and dies by how many different brands want to buy a commercial spot. 30 second spot, two minute spot, whatever, during your 30 minute episode, especially if it's prime time, which it probably was. Like your show kind of lives and dies like that. If no one's buying ad space time, no one wants to mm-hmm. buy ad, pay, ad space time, the show's getting canceled. Like it's just really that simple. So I kind of, and especially at that time period, considering the audience, I understand completely um, the financial side of it. That'll make it no better. Yeah. Like I'll tell you that much because I'm still creative at heart. So, <laughs> so at heart, I'm always like, let the creator be awesome like let's he made something he actually wants to work on like let's figure out a way to make this work uh but i understand the network being like we got to make money but at this however it's the 60s so i'm sure a good portion of them were racist anyway so it doesn't even matter (laughs) Mm. i mean again like i had no idea about that until um who shared it i'm gonna shout it out like girl that's scary they shared it i think so yeah and i was just like what (laughs) because they were just like shout out to you girls they were just like, I didn't know about this. And I was like, I didn't know about that either. I had no idea that was why he created Twilight Zone. It was because of that. Because he was just like, no one's talking about all this racist stuff. It needs to be talked about. It needs to be expressed. Why is no one talking about it? And he found a way, a loophole, to talk about it in this sci-fi-like world. Where, again, if you're watching Twilight Zone and you're not seeing all the commentary stuff, you're choosing to be blind to it and be ignorant to it because so it's much there. commentary is in every single episode every single episode and it's just like wild you know it's yeah so wild. And just really smart like really clever clever writing i would say like i wouldn't call myself a writer but uh i i like to acknowledge when i feel something that's like i feel like it's written well and the show mm-hmm. just like really smart writing because it, it he um even the way you explain the example right like he was going to use a jewish man instead so he wasn't even going to use a black man to illustrate the exact same point he just pretty much putting in a, a, a situation where people could just sympathize and people could just have empathy for the character and not compare it one-to-one to the uh real life scenario but thematically can compare it and that's smart like that's good writing and that makes sense <laughs> that know, just makes but, perfect sense uh, but even then so that really, was still rejected they were just like nope we can't have him jewish yeah like, of fuck? course because because they still saw the through line and was like we still see the connection but it's the funny part is i'm sure he probably said to them like yeah you see the connection because it's still a human being motherfucker like that's why you see the connection <laughs> you don't see the connection at random like you see the connection for for the reason that it should be seen i wouldn't be surprised if you said that to him at all but you know he, he, i know uh, now i want to see it now i want to now i want to see a clip of him cursing at people in his voice yeah <laughs> i know right like you're in the twilight zone tiny man because apparently he wasn't very short yeah we heard it's twilight zone motherfuckers like that i'd watch that that'd be hilarious yeah that that shit was just great man it's like it's it's awesome that he did that it's (laughs) it's always cool to hear that things are like inspired by stuff like that because yeah you know people like to pretend that social commentary is a new thing uh Mm -hmm. not even in horror i mean like in general and everything people like to pretend in general that everything now that has somewhat of an opinion is new it's like i'm like you haven't been paying attention to anything you've ever watched i think i said it on here before my brother said it and i like to laugh that he said this shit because it still cracks me up 
but he says something along the lines of like, I don't watch things to tell me how to think. And in my mind, I don't think I said it to him or I might've been thinking it and I might've said it to him, but I was just like, everything you watch tries to tell you how to think. <laughs> like yeah. that's literally a part of the entertainment experience is someone drawing out a point of view in whatever way they do it, whether it's live action people, superheroes, animation, all of these things have a specific point of view that they're trying to illustrate to you so that you understand it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of them. I know, the Lion King has a fucking point of view. Like everything has a point of view. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I Long mean, live the king. Even like even in comics, I get so mad and people are just like, everything's getting political. I'm just like, you do know X-Men were based on Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, right? You do realize Captain America used to fight Nazis. Hitler, he went to Vietnam. <laughs> the Hulk is inspired by the victims of the Vietnam War. Like, how? What? Like, it's just like, I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Like, how are hey, you just not like aware this? of this? People see what they want to see, so it's really no that that has never changed. People always see specifically what they want to see, and nothing beyond that because it would it would bend their, bend and break their reality in whatever shape or form it is. And honestly, I don't think I need to bend or break your reality, but I will say the world will do it. So I don't need to do it. Like I'm, <laughs> I personally don't need to do it for you. The world will just do it. Yeah. And you you have you have to live with that, however it is. Uh, I notice people who tend to complain about shit like that the most are usually never very happy people. So I don't think much of him, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I know he was in an interview on this show called Mike Wallace in 1959. Because that's when he was talking he more. Mike Wallace. Yeah, that's when he was talking more about what inspired him to write Twilight Zone. What got him into it. The hurdles he had to go through just to get it on air. The episodes. Why it's important. Why people need to see it. And... um. <clears throat> the censorships and whatnot and i had quoted it and he had said this is this is rod sterling he said i think it's criminal that we're not permitted to make dramatic note of social evils as they exist of con- of controversial themes as they are inherent in our society and that was based that was just him talking about why he had to change it so many times just to air it yeah because no one wanted to wanted to talk about what happened to Emmett Till. Any any notion of the South was just like, nope, you can't put that. You can't even say South. You can't do this. You can't do that. Um they didn't want to talk about it. And it, I mean even now people are people are talking about it now, but still there are a handful of people, the South, who are just like, no, I don't want to talk about it. And it's just you like you're part of the problem. I, like you're part of the I'll problem. Do you one better. I'll do you one better. I don't think it's a handful. I think it's most. I think <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's a handful. I think it's like most of the people. Uh, and it's not even like white specific because there are non-white people who somehow end up in that same boat of like, I don't want to talk about these things. But I think honestly, I think it's totally fair to be like, you don't want to talk about it. But I don't think it's totally fair to then turn around and say uh, that other people shouldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. Like if you don't want to talk about it, that's totally fine. But you can't just make other people not talk about it because you feel some kind of way about it personally. Uh, you could just not be a part of that conversation. and. <laughs> that could be it <laughs> don't join the conversation simple as that like 
you know, and we see it in every form of media, right? Whether it's a movie that Jordan Peele does or that anyone else does in horror or in any other genre, people go, oh, this movie's just a woke thing. And it's like, cool, you can call it that if you want, but you also could have just not watched the movie and, and moved on with your life. Like, I'm, there are other things to watch. There are, like, things, there. I guess fortunately and unfortunately, there is media that literally supports every point of view. If you want to watch media where it's like you feel like white people are the heroes, that exists. If you want to watch media with people from the Middle East and their heroes, that media exists. Like there's literally media for everybody, but it's weird because it has, for some reason, a lot of people feel like it has to be like a culture war thing of like, I don't agree with your point of view. So now I need to not only tell you that, but I need to like persuade you to join my side. And it's very Mm -hmm. weird. I don't know how people had these conversations before the internet, other than maybe writing a letter. (laughs) But it is very weird. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just... Because like I said, like, his... It's 2022, and a lot of the stuff in Twilight Zone is relevant. It's still relevant. And what he had to go through in terms of censorship, that still happens today. Still today that happens. We're like, oh, we can't. That's too touchy. That's too that. That's too this. And it's just like, it's not how it was before, where now the audience is not just primarily white. The main audience is everybody. So when people yeah. say, well, I was I was scared of doing that because this is that, but who are you scared of? What part of the audience are you nervous about? Because not everyone's gonna feel that way. Um, yeah. and it's just like it's just. It's not surprising. Yes, definitely not. Isn't it also like, I don't know, this could just be my point of view, but isn't it it also weird that we kind of, like, if you look at between, let's say, 1960s and now, right, we will allow far more violence to be seen, but we allow far less talking about the issues that brought the violence about. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I could literally watch a movie where somebody's head gets split like a cantaloupe from an axe. But you are far less likely to watch a movie where, like, people literally are just talking about an issue that is really important. We're talking about historical issues and, like, not even the context of, like, you're right, you're wrong. But just pointing mm-hmm. out how, like, history hasn't changed much. Like, that's mm-hmm. you're far less likely to find that. But you could find all types of murder. And it's not to say I don't watch gory stuff, too, because I do. Like, I watch horror, clearly. We're doing a horror podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, just, it, it's weird, weird censorship kicks in. Because you can see something like that, but then you can't see someone maybe say a certain word or talk about a specific part of history. It's, it's very weird. Not even that. It's also when people try to, like, um, because, I mean, we're entering October. I mean, not yet, but we're getting there. And Almost. For October, yes, yeah, spooky season. But it's also Indigenous Day as well in October. And for that, again, like, I haven't seen Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone yet, but I've heard it's very underrated. I, that's what I heard. I heard that it's very underrated. That is mm-hmm. just as good as the original. And he does pay homage to Rod Sterling in one, in one episode. Um, and that whole conversation, too, when that started up about how, like, we should just replace Columbus Day with Indigenous Day, so many people, white people, had opinions about that. Of like, <laughs> oh, that shouldn't be a thing. You're erasing history. I can't believe that. And it's just like, we're not erasing history. We're just telling you what really happened. We're changing the narrative where we don't want to 
we don't want to celebrate a, a, a freaking like like genocide who committed genocide a colonizer at that who caused mass hysteria who caused a lot of trauma that we're still suffering from instead we're going to celebrate the victims who suffered so much and are still suffering from that that is what we're doing we're giving them the platform we're not giving some murderer a platform and people still were like oh but but you know but 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 it's like no no buts like shut up like that's not why we're doing that we're not trying to tell you we're erasing history we're trying to tell you the extended part of that that no one wants to talk about even in school sound, they don't tell you everything sound crazy jackie sound crazy jackie this cancer culture shit is out of control <laughs> <laughs> that, that should really be funny when folks say that like every time i see somewhere people are like oh my god the cancer culture and i'm like do you people not realize that people with money don't get canceled for real like if you have a dime to your name like for the if you're a billionaire of some sort or you have some crazy amount of money you've got to be a billionaire if you have money that is not reliant on someone's personal opinion of you cancel culture does not do shit cancel culture mm-hmm. just is something that is reflected on twitter but for the most part nowhere else like if you go on the fucking good morning americans it's been outrageous yeah sure they won't bring you back but generally speaking cancel culture isn't like this amazing weapon that people make it out to be shit i kind of wish it was but it is not this amazing like do all weapon that we just kind of pull out and just be like okay this person is now banished to the shadow realm like that's not <laughs> that's not how that works because even with a show like this i'm sure they tried to cancel us several occasions i think even in the, the that same episode noon of doomsday they said that people uh a lot of people were planning on boycotting the episode which is just funny to me because they could just literally not watch the episode but Apparently, they feel the need to boycott it. So, a lot of people were planning to boycott the episode. And I'm sure at that time, they probably wrote letters and was like, fuck your thinking. And this is insane that you're writing these kind of stories. Like, I'm sure he got a lot of those for all types of stories because he didn't seem like one that, like, stuck. The Twilight Zone didn't stick to one theme. So, it wasn't like every episode was about race or every episode was about how beauty is skin deep or every episode was about, like, poverty or something. It was like, it definitely hit the spectrum in a tons of ways that we probably wouldn't even considered. And mm-hmm. I'm sure some people saw problems with all types of episodes that he did from just pointing out like problems humanity has. So people would say if this shit would probably get canceled when, if it was made again, like when Jordan Peele came out, it was like, Oh, this that, and the third, but the show is really about the human condition at the end of the day, just like most entertainment tends to be. I imagine people who watched the show at the time and felt a certain way were just like, the drama. Am I the drama? And it's like, yes. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're the drama. <laughs> yeah, you know, you always have those people. They go, I hate this. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. And then the character, di- then the, the guy dies later and people go, he was a visionary. It's like, mostly I probably would have wanted him dead, but it is <laughs> <laughs> because he did. I mean, I just like, if you want to go like, for credit's sake, like Rod, Rod Serling did not need to be this person, right? Like he mm-hmm. could have, and I'm not saying I know him personally. I do not. And I'm not saying that uh, he's the best human being to ever exist. I'm not trying to say any of those things. Uh, but what I am saying is he he saw the tragedy of him until like everyone else did. And he could have chosen to just go on and never speak of it or never try to make anything that reflects it. Like, you know, the situation with Emmett Till just brought to light in his job how hard it was to actually talk about certain things. I'm sure he had yeah. some other challenges prior to that with writing in general, but this mm-hmm. specific situation 
which is connected to a lot of other bigger, larger situations, really, really probably uh, pointed out to him the biggest hole in doing things the way it's currently going. And yeah, yeah he probably wouldn't have gotten there otherwise, but he he did he didn't have to use this story to try to make to try to make a difference, which is what most creatives are trying to do: is make some sort of difference, impact. He didn't have to, but he chose to, which kind of tells me a lot about his character, in my opinion. Yeah, and the fact that he he twisted it so many times just to tell it, even if it wasn't like explicitly, okay, this is what happened. He wanted to share it and put it like in TV and smack people in the face of like, this is horrendous, right? This is monstrous, right? It just happened yesterday. This just happened. And I love yeah. that because, I mean, yeah, because I mean, it is interesting that when Jordan Peele came out with Get Out, and it's funny because um, Get Out, I have a list of like movies that was inspired by Twilight Zone, and Get Out was one of them. Um, oh, definitely. It feels like a Twilight Zone episode straight up. It does. <laughs> and it, it's fitting that he was chosen to, I guess, reboot it, but also not taking away where it originally came from. Because Jordan Peele did, did have say, he was like, I am no way trying to replace Rod Sterling. I am not doing that. You cannot replace that man. No matter what. No matter what decade. You cannot do that. And there was the. I think the first episode. He made a nod to him. Where I think he did appear. In one of the episodes. As like a shadow creature. Or something like that. Of one mm -hmm. of the old footages. Because again. He was just like. This is his show. This is his creation. I'm just. I'm just like. Putting it for a new generation. But. Yeah. But it's funny when he came out with Get Out, and so many people are just like, "Oh my God, this like he's a re revolutionary. He did this, he did that, he blah, blah blah. He 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 put this in the face, something that, that we all know about, something we we experience, something we know." And those tiny select few people were just like, "Yeah, but Rod Sterling did it too first. So yeah, but it seems fitting that he was chosen to bring about the remake. Like it came full circle. Like he started yeah, sure. it, he extended it, and then now he's just like I'm continuing what he's doing in my own world. And now, because again, nowadays we still have certain censorships, but not as much. Um, mm -hmm. but he's putting it out there where he's putting these images, putting these stories out there, and not just him, but we see all these other stories being made. And I know you and I have talked about that before when we can tell when the story is for us and when it's not for us, mm -hmm. like. Get Out was for us. That movie was for us. Yeah, for sure. Now, it when even you said watch, so. Yeah, but when you watch something else, like, uh, what was that other movie about uh, uh, police shooting that came out? That was based on a book. Um, something Voices. I forgot what it was. Um, something but, Voices? Yeah, it was... Some, uh, I forgot the actress' name, but she played Rue in... Uh, the oh yeah, game. I know you're talking about Amanda something. I can't remember her whole name. Stellenberg yeah, or something she like was, that. Yeah, and she was in a movie where her friend got killed by a cop and they just wanted to cover it up. And it was based on a book. Um, and I mean, I know the writer was black. She's a black woman who wrote the book. But when they brought it to live action, it, it was just like, okay. <laughs> you know? It was just like, <laughs> I mean, we kind of see this stuff. I don't want to be reminded about it. And that, I felt like, that's not for us. That's for people who are ignorant to it. To be like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. It's just like, this, is, this happened last week. This happened yesterday. This happened last night. 
you know like you can always tell what's for us and what's not for us um that is true and is unfortunately it's gonna sound terrible but a trend like police shootings are a trend now so like it's like they're like trendy in a weird way so you know hollywood like everything else tries to jump on to trends and what people are reacting to so i'm sure when they even that story was written probably way before any of the things that people are aware of now happened someone was like this is the perfect movie for the moment and then <laughs> that's kind of how you end up there but yeah i mean With jordan I wanna... peele like yeah yeah it's yeah no, no, yeah, i mean yeah. back to what you were saying but the whole like police like no the police shootings being trends i feel like it's more than just that i feel like it's just trauma becoming a trend like hollywood yeah thank you you said it better (laughs) it thrives on drama when it like i mean trauma when it comes to a person of color regardless of whether you're black spanish asian you know like it hollywood loves our trauma they love putting it in Hollywood. They love depicting it in film. They love doing that because that's not for us. That is for the white audiences that go, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. It's just like, yeah, we've been telling you it happened. Why aren't you believing me? You know? And it's just. Yeah, it's for just- sure. And even how they shape stories a lot of the time, you know, there has to be like, there has to be a good white person or shit like that. It's. <laughs> the white savior. It's, yeah, it's, it's all done. Yeah, so it's, it's not done by chance. It's all accurate that's that's why i think we respect the twilight zone so much because it was just like whether the leads are white black or whatever like we didn't need to fall into those tropes it just needed to be a solid story to get back these thematic points mm-hmm. and then we can end it however we want and i think like that's what made these stories appealing that's what made them interesting and i'm sure that's why part of the reason Jordan pill was chosen for the remake of course you know being one of the biggest names in horror currently mm-hmm. well one of the biggest non-white names in horror like that was probably like the perfect selection and like i don't i'll tell you my favorite thing about jordan pill to be honest with you he's clearly a fan of the genre and i love that <laughs> yeah i love that like horror. it's so he loves it yeah he's like he's not someone who was kind of like i guess i'm gonna just try out this horror thing which i don't knock those people at all there's nothing wrong with that like if you if you've been writing comedies your whole life you want to try horror go for it like i don't think there's anything wrong with people experimenting i just i just think it's nice that he is actually a fan of the genre i think that's fucking awesome it's and you he know, under and he understands he's a fucking too. nerd yeah, he's a fucking nerd. Like, we're nerds. And that's what's cool. <laughs> nerds are great. <laughs> he's a nerd like we're nerds. And I'm sure he's nerds about everything, too. But he's clearly a horror nerd. Like, like we're horror nerds. Like, and that doesn't mean that you've seen everything. But, like, anyone listening to this who probably wasn't a big horror fan prior to this podcast, which we've spoken to a few of you who were just like, I wasn't even big on certain parts of horror. But I just like the way you guys talk about movies. So, like, that's I made me check out some movies. Like, welcome. You're a horror nerd. <laughs> yeah and um, the welcome thing too, the thing like i said like he understands it like there's so i mean i see all <laughs> i love how i love my horror twitter people because they're always clowning non-horror fans because they're like i like that movie because it wasn't scary that movie was boring this movie was tasteless and they're like <laughs> clearly you're not a horror fan sir um but i love how he understands horror the same way as i mean again like i my boyfriend hates when I do this. Whenever we talk about certain subjects, I'm just like, you know what? That's a subgenre of horror. And he just rolls his eyes. He's just like, oh god, here we go. Um, <laughs> sci-fi is a subgenre of horror. It is. Um, it is. And in a way, certain episodes that Ross Sterling has written are horrific. They're scary. They really are scary. 
I would say um, Star. <laughs> and you know, Jordan Peele, just like every other creator, like uh, you know, uh Romero, you know, zombie icon, like mm-hmm. they he understands horror as in it's not just boos and ahs and guts in your face it's more than that it is a story it is commentary it makes you think it makes you scared for reasons you're not even sure why you're scared like because there's i remember like we always have this conversation with people and i see it too on twitter too people are just like well this movie wasn't scary therefore it's not horror this movie was just this so it didn't scare me and it's just like a horror movie doesn't have to scare you if it makes you uncomfortable, it did its job. If it made you question things, it did its job. If it's making you like unsure and you have to go to Reddit to really be like, what this movie means, it did its job. <laughs> that's why horror is so unlimited. And that's why I appreciate Jordan Peele because, yeah, he, he understands the genre. He knows it. He knows it like, like back of his hand. He read the book. He read it as in, I know what I have to do with it. And that's why he did all his movies. That's why they're so good. I mean, I did see the recent one. You know, it was, it was, I get what he was trying to say with it. It was okay. Did I enjoy it? Of course nope. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I saw Nope. And it was oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, it was okay. Uh, do I feel like it's a bit over- overhyped? Kind of. Don't get at me. Please don't hurt me. Uh, <laughs> and those were well, like, what are you? <laughs> well, you, you got to remember, he's, he's, uh, He's falling into that window of like he can do no wrong. So, you know, sometimes people yeah. end up in that they end up in that window and then everything everything they do has to be gold or people criticize it more harshly because of the person attached to it. You know, it's like some people love something because it's popular, some people will hate it because it's popular. You know, I mean sometimes you end up in that kind of weird space, but eh, Yeah. I ha- mean you, no one has a patience to them. You can just watch it I, and enjoy it or I, enjoy it or I, don't. But I do admit that for Nope, I feel like I have to watch it again. Because you know certain movies, when you watch once, you're just like, what the hell are they talking about? And then you watch it again, you're just like, oh. So I yeah, feel that like was nope, me. nope is that There's for Several me. Like, episodes of Twilight Zone. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I need to rewatch Nope as well. But that was also me for several episodes of Twilight Zone. Because I remember I was watching this shit when I was like six, seven years old. A lot Dang. of things I didn't get. I just understood that it was cool. Like, and I don't yeah. mean, like, cool because my parents was watching. I mean, like, cool because it was it was trying to tell me things I didn't know yet. Like, uh, I'm not trying to say that TV taught me things my parents couldn't. But I will say, just like a book, TV can expand your thinking. And mm-hmm. that is what shows, like, The Twilight Zone and, like, Outer Limits and things like that kind of did for me. Because it mm-hmm. just showed me things in ways I didn't think about it. Like, I could have sworn there was an episode. It might have been Outer Limits or Twilight Zone. I can't remember. I think it was like an alien invasion or something. Probably it was like through that. music. Hmm, I think it was through music, music or something like that. So like they thought that, I think it was like they thought aliens were coming to get them or something like that, but it was really just the aliens trying to communicate through music. It was kind of like basically the movie Arrival, but like as a 30 minute episode, <laughs> which if you haven't seen Arrival, Arrival is an awesome movie. I see why people love it so much. It's a really good movie. But it was like something along I- those lines. I know Twilight Zone did that with, um, I think it was called The Monsters on Main Street. And mm-hmm. that, oh my God, that is one of his, I remember I read that in um, seventh grade. We wrote, we read that because it's one of his most famous episodes that he has written. It's so well known that it, it, it got a remake. That specific episode mm-hmm. 
and oh, wow. uh it's people read it as as papers as assignments because it's just like oh my god if you have not seen that episode Kendall, you have to watch that that's also a special I might have, episode. but I need to go revisit it in general. <laughs> yeah, because that's also one of his like episodes that the takes over the whole block. Where again, they're assuming aliens are evading, and because of that paranoia, anxiety, it breaks this whole suburban community up. Where it's a reflection of like who's really the monsters, and oh my god, it is so good like rod sterling is just amazing god he was a genius a genius for what he did with twilight zone oh yeah i applaud the dude for getting like different directors and even different people for writing all the episodes that's got to be a really interesting experience right like i don't know I mean, we need more shows like this like we really do like there there aren't there's still anthologies that come out you know occasionally movies there's stuff like you know tells from the hood there's a uh, i think holidays was another one that i've seen before that was an anthology uh, ABC's a death, which honestly I don't want to recommend that movie to anybody just because of a particular scene. But you know, there's still <laughs> there's still anthologies out here that like exist. But like as a TV show, like I think we could use them more because I I just enjoy it, man. Like I tell you, I went back and revisited some Alfred Hitchcock present stuff, and I was like, man, this is still good. <laughs> and yeah. Twilight Zone is the same. So I feel like we need more of them. The last one I could recall, like a horror one I could recall, was Channel Zero. That's the one I'm like I'm trying to get Jackie to watch on Shutter. It's like, uh, it's awesome. I really enjoyed it. I didn't watch the final season yet, but they're not every, epi- every episode is not different, but every season is a different story. That's, that's how they do it. And I, I kind of enjoy that. I'm like a big fan of that. I was, I was a big fan of that show as well. I mean, Black Mirror is also cited as in like, oh, yeah, they good definitely point. took from Twilight Zone because Black Mirror yeah. also like that. Every episode is, is, I mean, we did an episode on the podcast for Black Mirror, which I thought was like, yeah. oh my God, it was just like, wow. And it's uh, shows like that again like this wouldn't exist without rod sterling's mind and how much he fought that's what i appreciate about him the most is that he fought for the show to be on air he literally fought for it he was like i'm not gonna stop until my show is on air i don't care what you do i'm gonna if i have to rewrite it i'll rewrite it but this has to be on air and i love that he was so persistent with that where he was like this is gonna be aired and because of him, we wouldn't have, like, The Outer Limits. We wouldn't have, like, even Eerie, Indiana, you know? Um, we wouldn't have The X-Files. We wouldn't have Black Mirror. We wouldn't have, like, Gravity yeah. Falls, you know? Uh, we wouldn't have, like, <laughs> Goosebumps. You know, Are You Afraid of the Dark? You know, we wouldn't have any of these things if it wasn't for Rod Sterling being persistent and making this show. And it's, it's crazy because, again, um looper.com has a thing where they ranked all these like all the episodes and this episode is number eight as one of the best episodes of the twilight zone um wow because it's, it's so iconic this episode with the mask and there's a lot of episodes but i think number one was the monsters in main street i think that was number one as one of the best episodes um but he really did influence a lot of people and uh more fun facts for you all yay um so the movie <laughs> Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> yeah, the movie Jacob's Ladder that came out in 1998 that was inspired by the episode and occurrence on Old Creek Bridge. So that was ba- inspired by Twilight Zone episode. The movie The Truman Show that came out in 1998 that was based on an episode called Special Delivery. That's also inspired by Twilight Zone. Final Destination was cited to be inspired by Twilight Zone and the X-Files. The happening 
uh, moon, the knowing, the box, all that was inspired by the Twilight Zone. The box specifically was based on the episode Button Button. And, uh... Yeah, so many others like Ek Machina. The box was that movie, wasn't that? Was that the one where the guy shows up at the door and he's like, "If you press this button, somebody gets money. But if you press this button, somebody dies." Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. And that was based on the episode Button Button from Twilight Zone. Uh, and yeah. other movies such as Ex Machina, the one I love, and of course Get Out. So he he really inspired a lot of the things. So these movies that I listed. Thank Rod Sterling for that because they would not be made That's without amazing. him. Yeah, so he is amazing. He is surely missed. If he was still alive, he'll still be kicking it, still writing shit. And like, here, <laughs> put this on the air with his old man voice and hands. Um, and I'm sure with the world, the way the world is, I'm sure he's rolling in his grave. It's just like these people did not learn nothing. <laughs> you <laughs> learn nothing from the Twilight Zone. Yeah, um, we made some progress, but I'm sure he think we didn't make enough. Yeah, he's gonna be like, you guys suck. Watch this episode. I wrote this for you. So <laughs> that's what you would do. But but yeah. That was great. Any last words? Rest in peace, Ross Sterling. Yes. Because again, like we owe everything to that man. Just amazing, amazing. Uh we saw the episode on YouTube. YouTube does have the episodes like in parts. You can also watch on Amazon Prime. Um and elsewhere. And I think the DVD's out. The box set of Twilight Zone, which I need to own. Um, and, of course, <laughs> Jordan Peele's uh, can be seen on ABC. I think ABC or CBS. One of those networks online. Um, and, yeah. Why don't you let us know which is your favorite Twilight Zone episode. And catch you guys later. Who are you? Ghost of Bots.